0: Hello friends, I hope that uh, this podcast finds you doing well and pursuing your walk with the Lord with passion and vigor, uh, particularly in your reading of the Bible. And because that is our first and foremost means of understanding who God is and what he has to say to us is when we read the Bible and as I've pointed out in the past, in a couple uh, recently previous episodes of the podcast, I am putting together a, f- over four hours long, it's pushing closer to five hours long, a course on how to interpret the Bible. And I've got some other ideas percolating along those lines in the background. But I want to just make a, a, a few installments of that course available through the podcast. Now, obviously, if you do the course, there are uh, PDF worksheets that go with it. There's video that goes along with it of a slide presentation that I put together as I'm teaching through uh, the topic. But for the audio, it's just the audio that we're doing for the podcast. But I want to choose a number of them, maybe three or four, and kind of Put them out over the next little while so that you can get a taster of what the whole course is like. And I hope that you will be blessed by it. But let me just take a moment and explain how important it is to get a grasp of biblical interpretation. So we find this even in the Bible itself. Notice in the Gospels, there are times where people come to Jesus and they ask a question about a scripture. What's the greatest commandment? Uh, why does the bio, Why does this, the David say this in the Psalm? Uh, you know, there's places like that, and I've actually gone through the Gospels, and whenever I come across one of these, I always write down hermeneutical question. Now, don't get scared by the word hermeneutical. It just means uh, the the it means interpretation or the means and method by which interpretation can be made. And so it's sort of a technical term for interpretation, although it's a really cool word. And maybe in the next podcast, I'll explain what the word hermeneutics, where it comes from, and a bit more about that word before our next lesson. But, um, but the Bible itself, the Pharisees and the disciples were asking questions to Jesus in order to understand, In to us, the Old Testament, to them, the Tanakh, the Torah, the prophets, and the writings, which come together to spell Tanakh in Hebrew. So that's what they call the Old Testament. We say Old Testament, they say Tanakh. They were wanting to understand what it actually said, and they recognized Jesus as the Messiah, as the person who could help them understand the scriptures. Now, when Jesus comes along, he says that the law and the prophets were not going to be destroyed by him. He wasn't going to wipe them out, but he was going to fulfill them. And so he makes this statement, essentially, that he was abiding by the written law. He was living out, What the law taught that people who are committed to God and what the Messiah himself would live out. He placed himself ultimately under the authority of the Scripture. So Jesus is a walking, talking, breathing person interpreting the Scripture, the Old Testament, at all times. Okay? And he lived under the Old Covenant. The Old Testament he comes along at the end and he says, "Take, eat, this is my this bread is my body broken for you, this wine, this cup is my blood poured out from you for you. this is the new covenant that I am making for you, so he's referencing Jeremiah, who prophesies about a new covenant coming. So to understand the fullest implication of when you take the Lord's Supper, you have to go all the way back to the book of Jeremiah and read what it says about the new covenant. But even that covenant has a precedent in the Mosaic law. Or the covenant that God made with the people at Mount Sinai, which has a precedent in the Abrahamic covenant from Genesis chapter 12 and 15 and 17. So you see how these things all build on each other. Each one is a step further from the previous one, and then Jesus comes along and becomes the embodiment of all of them. So interpretation is vitally important because we live in a day and age that is removed from the text of Scripture, of when it was written. Now, the Pharisees and the disciples in the days of Jesus were also questioning what it meant when you read the Bible. You know, which is the greatest law? Everyone agrees it's to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength, but is the second greatest law to keep the Sabbath, or is it to love your neighbor? You know, these things pop up, over and over again. They had particular presuppositions about things that got in the way of them understanding what the law was about. You know, how can a rich man not enter the kingdom of heaven? You know, they would have the there's these statements that are made here and there. Then when you get into Paul's writings, Paul's trying to take down Jewish scripture written in his case, you know, 1,500 years earlier or whatever, and is trying to apply them to a greco-roman audience. And so for us now to understand these scriptures, we have to understand our jewish greco the jewish greco-roman culture from which Paul was writing from and to or whatever. So you see how that works. So it's taking the text hermeneutics or interpretation is taking the Bible, which we all have access to, every one of us has a Bible in our hand, we can read, and then it's taking that and understanding it so that you can now apply it in a real-life situation today. So that process going from extracting out of the Bible what it says to living it out in the real world, the middle, the bridge, is interpretation or hermeneutics. It's... It's... it's getting out in order to live out, we'll put it that way. It's digging down into scriptures so that you can apply it into your everyday life. So that's like the introductionary snippet to what hermeneutics really is all about. And so this entire course is over four hours, pushing five hours of teaching on, a, on genre, on tools of interpretation, on uh, apostolic interpretation, on uh, context, on uh, biblical theology, looking at the whole theme of the scripture, stuff like that. And so it is there for you to get the tools necessary and hone the skills necessary to go deeper into the scriptures. So at this point, I'm going to give you uh, a sample of it. And then we'll do this for the next several weeks. And then when the sample is done, it'll just fade off into, uh, there'll actually be an exercise for you to do at the end, you know, kind of a challenge for you to put forth. And then at the end, it'll just be our regular conclusion at the end. I won't come back when it's all said and done. So this is the introduction I'm giving you right now into the now the recorded portion of the course and then our regular conclusion. So God bless you and enjoy this little sneak peek. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Unit 1, Lesson 1 of our course on Interpreting the Bible. And this is what Christians believe about the Bible. Now, what I want to emphasize here, first of all, is our unit objective. So, this entire course is broken down into various units. Each unit has an objective, and within each unit is a number of lessons each lesson has an objective so these go in a logical step-by-step manner so if you get your head around each unit objective and each lesson objective then you'll get a good grip of what it is we're trying to get across at each step of the way so our unit objective for a unit number one is to understand why it is essential that christians learn to study the bible for themselves it is very important especially if you've grown up in a Christian family. Or if you're just coming to an understanding of what the Bible is about, or if you just want to study the Bible, why is it important to study the Bible? And in this particular lesson, we are going to be talking about uh, exploring what Christians have believed and still believe about the Bible. Now, we're not talking about creeds or anything like that. We're talking about what the Bible says about itself. So, for every lesson, I want to go over the vocabulary words, because vocabulary is important. If you have an understanding, a good, strong understanding of words and their meanings, it strengthens your brain and gives you scope for communication. So, in this particular lesson, our vocabulary words are first, inerrant. And inerrant means free from error. The next word is sufficient. Sufficient means it's enough to meet the needs of a situation or a proposed end, Okay. So if you're jumping out of an airplane, the parachute is sufficient for you to land on the ground safely. I've jumped out of an airplane, I had a parachute strapped to me, I fell, and the parachute brought me to the ground safely. I didn't die. So it was sufficient. So we recognize that the Bible is sufficient for everything that we need for life and for godliness and for understanding what God has for us for this life. Revelation. Is our next vocabulary word revelation? Is an act of revealing or communicating divine truth. It literally means an unveiling. So when we talk about uh, biblical revelation, we mean that we mean that which with God has unveiled, that which God has unveiled for us. And there's also a book of the Bible called Revelation. So it literally means an unveiling or a revealing or communicating divine truth. Inspired. This is. Outstanding or brilliant in a way or to a degree suggestive of divine inspiration. If something is inspired, then that means ultimately it comes from God. Now, people will say that painting was inspired. And so what they mean is it's beyond the ability of the person. There was something bigger than the person to create that painting. And so, inspired, when we apply it to the scriptures, means that it comes from outside of the actual physical human writers. It comes from God through the writers is what they wrote down. So, it's an inspired text. So, in this lesson, we will explore what Christians have believed and still believe about the Bible. So, keep those vocabulary words in mind. Inerrant, sufficient, revelation, and inspired. And we're going to go through this lesson then. So, all beliefs for our faith... Come from the Bible. And there's many organizations have statements of faith or creeds or dogmas that can be helpful to understanding our faith, but nothing really can replace a deep knowledge of the scriptures. It's our responsibility as individuals who say that they believe the Bible that we should get a deep knowledge of it. And like I said, people have written dogmas and statements of faith and creeds, but nothing can replace a knowledge of the Bible in and of itself. That is primus. Numero one, uh, when it comes to how we understand what it is that we believe. It must come from the Bible. And the Bible is God's self-revelation. Creeds and statements of faith are not. Creeds and statements of faith are put together by people who read the Bible, and they want to condense down what their core beliefs are. So that's what that's the Apostles' Creed and various ministries' statements of faith that's what they're doing but the bible itself is god's self revelation so he has revealed what he wants to reveal about himself to us through the pages of scripture and obviously this happened over the course of you know thousands of years is what it, in his in history that's the way it went and ultimately the bible reveals god's mind okay now the reason why we say that is because when you communicate with words from one person to another you're telling that person what is in your mind you may not actively be thinking to yourself okay what i have in my mind is that i would like ice cream you just say to your mother or to your friend hey let's get some ice cream but you're you're literally telling that person what's on your mind and so and obviously if a person comes up to you and they say hey are you okay what's on your mind what they want you to do then is to communicate to them with words what it is that is Uh, preoccupying you and so because the words are what give us the information and the knowledge of what is in a person's mind that's why we can say that when we are reading the bible we are actually tapping into or understanding or having revealed to us the mind of god and this is very important because it is our mind and within within every human being that functions to dictate our understanding of the world around us, our ideas, and ultimately our actions based on those things. And so this is exactly what the scriptures do. They reveal God's mind so that we can know how God would want us to think and act. Now, that doesn't make us puppets and doesn't make us carbon copies of each other. God still allows for our own individual uh, personalities to come through, but we do that with within the context of his mind as we read the scriptures. So what this course is trying to get across is that it is essential that we Christians make the Bible an essential part of our lives if we're to remain true to our faith holy in our thoughts and actions and fruitful in the application of the Bible's commands. Okay? So let me repeat those last emphasize those last words. If we are to remain true to our faith, so what we say that we believe, that we say is based on scriptures, we're to be true to that. And holy in our thoughts and actions, because God is holy, so we want to have actions and thoughts, remember the whole business about the mind, of God, we're to be holy like he is holy and fruitful in the application of its commands. So when we actually live out the statements that the Bible makes, and we're then we'll be fruitful in that. In other words, good things will come from what we are doing. So that's what we're after in all this. That's the whole thrust of the course. I've said it to you up front. Okay? So let me let's talk about a few scriptures. Uh Psalm 119 verses 50 uh sorry 105 and 130. I'm combining them together. Say this, you can look these up. This is in your list of key verses. So don't forget every nearly every lesson we will have key verses, not every lesson but a lot of them. And this is the one that has the most key verses is lesson 1. So read those key verses and really Think through what they say, jot observations and notes down on the side, because these will help you in understanding what God wants us to glean from the Scripture. So our our first key verse I'm I'm going to point out is Psalm 119, 105, and 130. And combined it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The entrance of your words gives life. It gives understanding to the simple. So the Word of God is like a lamp. If you're in the dark, you want a light to come on, flashlight, phone light, uh, lamp, match, something to sort of light your way enough that you can take some steps. You don't need the whole room lit up. You just need some steps. And so that's exactly what the Bible is. It's a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path. Uh, it often will only give us enough light just to take a few more steps. But those few steps are the in the right direction for the whole of your life. So that's what that idea is about. And the entrance of your word gives light, it gives understanding to the simple. So allowing the word of God, allowing the words of God from the scriptures to enter into your mind will actually illuminate your mind. And from an illuminated mind, you will gain understanding. And so we are all, in effect, simple when we start reading the Bible. Nobody on this earth was born knowing exactly what the bible said and everything it means. It's just that's just the fact. Every single human on this earth no matter who they are, if they've written great doctoral theses or written great books of theology, every single person has begun day one being simple and needing to really work at studying the bible. So, you're in good company with everybody else who's gone before you. Another verse we want to point out is 2 Timothy 3:16 and 17. And it says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, which just means for teaching, for reproof, which means uh, telling somebody how they should correct their actions, for correction, which is a similar thing, reproof and correction sort of go together, for instruction in righteousness, that, and here's the important bit, the man of God or woman of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so the scripture, the goal of the scripture is that you will ultimately, through your life and learning and growing and, and disciplining yourself and correcting the, the direction in which you're walking every now and then and having other people speak to you and correct different things, the ultimate goal is that you will be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. So whatever you uh, whatever you believe God would want you to put your hand to, you'll be thoroughly equipped to do it and you'll be a complete and whole person. Okay? So that's pretty good right there, isn't it? I mean, old 2 Timothy 3:16 and 17 is a fantastic passage to to get under your belt. Now, here's one of my personal favorites, John 17:17, 17, 17, sanctify them by the truth, your word is truth. That comes straight from the prayer of Jesus in John 17. He's praying to God For his disciples, his apostles, and he says, sanctify them by the truth. To sanctify means to be made holy, to be made complete, to be made uh, in the fullest that God would want you to be. So to do that by the truth, your word is truth. And so he says it's truth, not rumors and lies and falsehoods and things like that. But truth is what actually brings about a whole and complete life, uh, a, a, a fully godly life. And truth is found in scripture, because your word is truth. And so that's what Jesus says. And the marvelous thing about John, John's gospel is that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So truth is personified in the person of Jesus. So the word of God is in text, and the word of God is also in person. And the word of God is personified in Jesus, and truth is personified in In Jesus. And so ultimately it comes down to a relationship with Him. So the scriptures are there to aim us toward a relationship and guide our relationship with God the Father and with Jesus Christ. So that's what all that's wrapped up, uh, a chunk of what's wrapped up in that verse. So several of our other key verses are from Psalm 119, which is an entire chapter on the marvels of the scriptures. So I would encourage you 176 verses. I would encourage you to take uh, 20 minutes and read through Psalm 119. It's the longest chapter in the Bible, but the whole thing is about the Scriptures and how we can interact with them and the kinds of things that the Scriptures can do to a person who's dedicated to them. And so uh, if God's going to put the longest chapter in the Bible about the Scriptures, then surely that tells us something about the importance of the Scriptures. You follow me? Right. So... The Holy Spirit is always there to be our teacher. Whenever we start to read the Bible, it's always helpful to ask God to illuminate it for us, and then God's Spirit will do that. And then Ezra 7.10, which is another one of my personal favorite Bible verses, uh, it says that Ezra, he was a scribe in the Old Testament. He set his heart to study the Word of the Lord and to do it and to teach it. And so the... uh, He had His end goal was to live out what the scriptures say, to do them, and then to ultimately pass them on to others. And this is what we would want to have of all the students who take this course, is that ultimately what they glean from this course and what they learn from the Bible, they would be able to pass on to others. Someone younger to them, or a friend uh, who is also interested in studying the Bible, passing it on to someone else will help you get it firm in your own mind and in your own heart and so that really is quite important and then finally we want to go over the exercise for this particular lesson so this lesson's exercise is that in your own words describe what christians believe about the bible and why so all those key verses Those are the things that we should say we believe about the Bible. So read through those key verses, and in your own words, write down what it is that we should be believing about the Bible and why we should believe that. Because quite often those verses say that. You know, like for instance, the one I read in Psalm 119. It gives understanding to the simple. Why should we uh, believe The Bible is because when we live it out, it gives understanding to the simple. It helps simple people become mature. It brings understanding, knowledge, and ultimately wisdom. So that kind of thing. So read all those key verses. And if you know of any others that that you may have learned at some point, then read over those as well. And then from those, glean what you can write down in your own words describing what Christians believe about the Bible and why. you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you were challenged and encouraged by what you heard today, please feel free to share it with any friends or family you like. You're welcome to email us at calebtheelectrician at gmail.com. That's calebtheelectrician at gmail.com. And remember to leave a comment at iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere that you listen to podcasts.